Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben off the cheek This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, and welcome back, Chelsea fans. Let the sweet music of the Champions League draw you in to a special midweek episode of the London is Blue podcast. I'm going to try to take my sweet time, Nick and Dan, getting into this because unfortunately we don't have anything to talk about. So the nope. longer we can drag this on, Nick, I think the better for our listeners, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty boring. You know, it's just a run-of-the-mill Champions League match. You know, kind of kind of subdued, really. Almost I mean, didn't even record, Dan. Yeah. Almost, yeah. I mean, when look, you know, why bother? Why bother when it's a 4-4 draw and just absolute scenes, Nick? Absolute scenes. My favorite my favorite tweets of the day were the ones that just said in in celebration like when when the videos are going in the stands, limbs. Just limbs. Limbs everywhere. <laughs> Fucking loved it. It was amazing. It's a mosh pit essentially yeah. when Aspie's disallowed goal went oh. in. <sighs> All right, we'll get into it without a doubt. Uh, Nick, set the scene. The overall theme of today's show is absolute madness. This was this was one of the most ridiculous, absurd games that you will ever watch, and we are uh, we're going to talk about every angle of it. But uh, if you think back to some of the Chelsea results, Dan or the Chelsea. Chelsea results Chelsea actually results? Make, that actually does it's make sense. It's yeah, it does wrong. make sense. Uh, the crazier results that Chelsea have had, uh, this will be right up there. Yeah, w- without question. When you think about a Champions League night, which again, a lot of teams can't 
say to be in the Champions League, looking at you, Arsenal, taking pot shots. Um, you look at the fact that it's at Sanford Bridge and that it's a comeback from being down with all the drama of own goals, VAR, red card, tackles, players injured. It, Brandon, it just it had everything. It had everything. It sure did. So tonight we are going to be talking about the lows of the first half and where Chelsea didn't execute appropriately, mainly everywhere on the pitch. Uh, and then we'll get into what may go down as the craziest second half of all time. And then lastly, we will touch on the individual performances that made it all possible. Uh, here we go, Dan. iTunes reviews as we work our way into the script. Yeah, we had a wonderful five-star review happen. Again, we mentioned short window, right? Short window to get back up to speed. But uh, Hadzia from Nigeria giving us five-star love on Apple Podcasts. That was great. And always, if you give us a five-star review before the next podcast, we'll shout you out. So do that. All right. And then no Patreon this week. Uh, so shout out. Next person in line can go ahead and jump in. Uh, but promo codes, Nick, we've got the offers for the listeners. TMR. That's right. That's right. Well, we will be announcing um, tomorrow because uh, entries are now closed for the Pulisic shirt contest. We'll be announcing that tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Um Matt Burks, you have you have 24 hours to get a hold of us. Um, otherwise, the third kit will be going to another lucky winner from our uh, World Soccer Shop contest a couple weeks ago. You know, World Soccer Shop code London Pod will get you 10 percent off, especially with the holidays coming up. That could be nice. Is that is that winner potentially a Nicholas V? <laughs> I, I or, a, he, or a or a N Verlaney? I hear that uh, that Nicholas V is a real qualified candidate uh, for this and. Um, you know, we'll just have to see, really. <laughs> uh, obviously kidding. Uh, okay, uh, big one. Now, uh, we have a new Talisman Caps promo. Now that the World Soccer Shop thing is done, we're going to jump back in with Talisman. Uh, we're doing. We're going to promote their um, $1,000 in gift card giveaway. Uh, they are doing 10 um, winners, essentially, of a $100 gift card. It's running through November 22nd, so there's still a lot of time uh, to get involved. Um, we're going to tweet out the link so you'll be able to go to our social channels and see this, but they have a link to go sign up. Uh, you get extra points for following them on social and everything like that. So participate, help us out. We want to send a bunch of folks their way. They've been really great to us. So, um, you know, to do that, uh, that's our next thing. So when I said we have a bunch of shit, this is a bunch of of really good stuff, Brandon. It is great stuff, which really excited to be able to do. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, everyone, where we couldn't get an email returned, let alone a tweet. And now we've gotten to show off how great of a community we have, which includes all of you, and people want to get involved with you guys. So it's all a credit to you. Um, you know, we're just the ones that show up every day. You guys are the ones that that make it something worthwhile. Otherwise, we'd just be three weirdos talking about Chelsea. So appreciate all your guys' help on that. Uh, but here we go, match review time. It was Ajax in the Champions League at Stamford Bridge. <sighs> I'm already tired and we haven't even gotten into it. 4-4, <laughs> four, four. all right? Chelsea 4, Ajax 4. Uh, the goals, Jake, go ahead and cue the goal runs as we go along here. But Georgina, or I'm sorry, I got to go back. Tammy Abraham, second minute, own goal. Ajax lead inside the first two minutes of Stamford Bridge. Fourth minute, penalty converted by Jorginho. Given a penalty. What a start. What a start. We knew it was going to be eventful, but not this eventful. 1-1 inside the first four minutes. Then, 
Quincy Promise, 20th minute for Ajax. It's a lovely run in, a beautiful goal. And then 35th minute, the most ugly looking own goal I've almost ever seen, Aretha Balaga off his face and in. Yeah, it was, it was whipped in with real pace. Again, it's, it's one that causes problems. Then you go Van de Beek in the 55th minute. Over the cross into the middle, here's Van de Beek, no, they've got another. That was always the danger as Chelsea chased. All right, that's Ajax's run. It's 4-1 at this point, in case you're keeping track at home. Espy Lequeta, 63rd minute. Switch. William, James is in support. Put a second in the box. Looking for Abraham, it's in. Chelsea have one back, that's Lequeta arriving at the far post, might have got the final time. 4-2. Next thing you know, James Reese, James 70. No, Jorginho penalty. Well, okay, besides the boring part, Dan, yes, Jorginho scored another penalty in the 71st, (laughs) and then Reese James in the 74th minute. Jorginho, crucial this. In it goes. Chelsea three, Ajax four. Willian. There's the header on one off the bar. Screaming and it's to the back end. It's James. It's 4-4. It is absolutely staggering. Making it 4-4. Good luck getting all those goals in, everyone. And there were two red cards, two second yellows. There's a second yellow. I thought he was going to come back. Flint's got to go. Veltman's, has Veltman gone here for second yellow card? But for, for either the handball or for descent, they've lost two here. And we'll, we'll talk about this, but that was that has to be one of the craziest sequences I've ever seen in football. And, of course, it was for Chelsea. So, Dan, as we progress through this, walk us through the lineup. That uh, that led us to this wild four four draw. Yeah, no surprise, Mister Smashface Kepper Brebel, Aretha Balaga in between the sticks. Wait, 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 what was that? Rude. What was that Mr. last Smash one? Smashface. <laughs> he uh, has feelings, Dan. He does have feelings, and it was just unfortunate. Um, he made up with it for some later saves. Uh, Azpilicueta, Zuma, Tomori, and Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso being the biggest change in the back line. From the weekend, getting back involved as Emerson, Emerson gets a break. Kovacic, Jorginho, and Mason Mount as kind of a, a three at times, a two at other times. Then William Mount, Pulisic, and Abraham rounded out our starting 11. Christensen, Conte, Caballero, made, and Gilmore made the bench but were unused. Hudson Adoy, Misha Batchwai, and Reese James all saw the pitch today. I, I do have to admit that um, this match made me act wildly unprofessional at work today. <laughs> Thankfully, I was the most senior person in the room, and I work at a soccer facility, so it's all kind of relevant, but not really. And that is the kind of game that this that this put into me. Uh, if we look at some of the top-level stats, Chelsea had 23 shots, 9 on target. Ajax, 8 shots, 5 on target. They converted 80%. That is impressive. Uh, let's see what else we have. 54% possession to Chelsea. Um, 10 fouls to their 12. Two yellow cards of ours to their one. But really their one was three because they had two red cards, as we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, Chelsea with three corners and five offsides, which was unfortunate for Tammy. Uh, but he's playing on the edge. That's what he does. So the first talking point that we can get into is... um. Uh, so about that first half, what the what what happened? Less than three minutes in, we've given up an own goal, and then you get less than five minutes in. Pulisic dances through the box, Nick earns a penalty, 
and then it's one one, and that was probably the least exciting part of the match. <laughs> yeah, uh, so <laughs> I mean, to put this match into context is absurd. We're going to talk about all of it because it's but, an important one. I mean, yeah. we're the the favorites in the group, but we both have stumbled, right? And and I think you know we said coming out of the win against Leal, if you could win one of the IX matches that you would be in really good position. So we obviously won uh, there away in one of the most impressive displays of the season. Then coming back here, especially given our recent success, you feel like IX, you know, probably, you know, or Chelsea should probably beat IX at home. And then the game starts off with an unfortunate own goal and then a weird penalty, like admittedly kind of a soft penalty, Dan. And, you know, in the first five minutes, you're like, we're we're in for something tonight. That's not going to be a run of the mill game for us. Well, do, do we want to talk about Tammy Abraham's finish on that own goal? Because that was a good finish. Deft. That was a great was, finish in the box. That, that was his best best attempt of the evening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just you know I you know we speak about like the craziness of work, right? Like I had to queue up the game just a, a minute or two late, and already like I was getting the push notifications that we had given up the own goal and then the penalty had occurred. I'm like, okay, like this is already ticking up for something. But I mean, really what started to unfold was a really, really potent Ajax attack, at least in terms of getting the ball forward that truly challenged, I would say, Aspilicueta and Alonso in the first half to, to manage, uh, was it um, with Zayek, with Tadic, with uh, Nerez, with uh, Promes? Like all, all of them, Brandon, were absolutely terrorizing not really our center backs, but they were trying to find the space on the wings. And Alonso and Asby in that first half were really under fire the entire time. With, yeah, I mean, Alonso came back in the lineup, had a bit of a rest, which we all thought was great for him, and he just didn't look up for it. I mean, he got hooked at halftime. That's not great, obviously. Um, <laughs> duh. I don't know why I had to clarify that. Nailed it. <laughs> great insight. <laughs> so I don't know if you know, but, uh, you know, Tip. and, and I, I think you're right. I mean, we know Ajax has a lot of creativity and pace out there. And they were able to exploit it. So, you know, Alon- like I said, Alonzo struggled. But the problem is, is like his decision-making is what he struggled with. It wasn't so yeah. much, you know, the play. It, it was, you know, when to foul, when not to foul. And then, obviously, the, the his foul towards the end that made it 3-1. I mean, that's super fluky, too. I mean, it, no one's expecting someone to smash that in from there. But again, the just this Ajax team... And we know this. They're full of surprises. And that is exactly what we got. Is there anything Keppa could have done on that one? Anything? Um, I didn't I didn't watch it on slow-mo six times like VAR, unfortunately. <laughs> um so I, I saw the initial replays. One, that ball is coming in fast. Uh so he has to read the players and his positioning. So I think it was a a phenomenal hit. Uh, I think he missed it. I think where he put his hand was not where the ball was. Um, but excellent, I still don't know if he would have gotten analysis it. again there. Um, I, no, if you think about it, like, it, like he was to the left of the ball. Like his hand wasn't in the flight path of the ball. Like I think he just missed it. Do you think that Ben Foster would have saved it, Brandon? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> this weekend he would have. Are you kidding me? He would have saved it with his back heel. 
Jeez, uh, stood on his stood on his head that day. Uh, to to this point, though, and I I think I want to ask you this, Kappa. You know, we we just had Clayton on on Sunday talking mm-hmm. about how it, it really made him upset how much shit Kappa has been getting this year for you know a lot of goals going in that maybe aren't necessarily his fault, and I think that's a really fair statement um, because the defense has been kind of weird this year, but. At the same point, do you think like do you think today that he could could have or should have done better than only saving three of or only saving uh, one. one shot on target? No, uh, the Van de Beek goal, no, because essentially Meg the defender and went right inside the post. Um, the own goal, obviously not. Um, I'm trying to think what the I, I don't think the third goal was. I can't think of what the second one was. Who scored that one? Second was, was the header by Promise. Um, yeah, that, that, oh, was that was just a brilliant. That that was just brilliant. Yeah, that was a hell of a cross. So I think. So I mean, the free kick. If you want to get picky. Otherwise, not really. I mean, they all had their kind of tap-ins, except for the free kick. Mm-hmm. So, so the real no. the real story is don't give up free kicks in dangerous positions on the pitch to the point that you're making about Alonzo. And I, yeah, I think accurately got called out by the commentating crew. Just like, why are you fouling in mm-hmm. this area? Why are you putting your team under fire in this area? let him play himself out of bounds or kick it off you and force a throw in rather than giving a free kick in these opportunities. It, it, it was really odd, Nick, because I felt like we hadn't seen some of that decision-making from the last stretch of games that Alonzo had gotten himself into. And I think part of it really was down to just that IX attackers were so fast that there was, you know, maybe it was challenging his ability to make decisions and put himself in, in a position quickly enough to not have to make the, the, a bad decision from a, a tactical foul or a untactical foul. You have two defenders with the player in the corner and his back to you. What's yeah. going to happen? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think all those points are right. I, I think the greater point that I would make is I think Alonzo Alonzo's not had a good couple of performances here on the trot, unfortunately, uh, for him, because I think he was a real lifeline for us when we needed him. Uh, throughout the month of September and October. And to me, it just illustrates the need again for depth. Like we were talking about at the weekend. If you have a guy who's off the boil or who comes in to spell Emerson because he's not ready to play two matches in a row, uh, you know, you, you need players to perform at or above the level of, of the person they're replacing. And um, we're lucky in the fact that we do have a little bit of depth, you know, a slight amount of depth, bringing on Reese James, moving SP over in the second half. And I think that did okay to shore some things up, but uh, it does illustrate the need for depth. And I think it also illustrates that uh, while Ajax on the stat line, which I know uh, Brandon, we're, we're going to get to here in a second. Um, while Ajax on the stat line, were not overly impressive. I would say they also did not shy away they did not come unprepared. They did not play scared. Um, and I think they have to be given credit in this game because they didn't have any fans there. <laughs> they by by no, no, they, rule. They, they were there. They just snuck in through yeah. uh, through Chelsea but supporter tickets. They had they had they had tens instead of thousands. And 
they also were in a really kind of desperate position, not knowing if Valencia were going to win. So I think you do have to kind of tip your cap a little bit. And I know we don't do that a whole lot on the show, but you kind of have to tip your cap to them and the way they approach the game. Um, I think some of the fouling, though, was just absurdly cynical. And, and we'll get to the, the card decisions here in a bit. Yeah, I think that's interesting. You know, that we probably should set the scene with that. The fact that technically there's a stadium ban for Ajax. So, uh, look, overwhelmingly Chelsea. I mean, way more so than than what it would have normally been anyways. Uh, and I think we talked about there's a huge opportunity for the atmosphere to, to play a big part. And it did. You know, it, it definitely did at times. Uh, but for, for Ajax to essentially silence an entire stadium of Chelsea fans, to your point, Nick, is no small feat. Um, they are efficient, they are tricky, uh, and they are obnoxious to play against. It's almost like a great thing to get them in the group stage so you don't have to play them later, uh, you know, because you can essentially drop points to them now and it's not going to kill you like it might later uh, in the competition. So anyways, uh, you know, if, if we look ahead, we're going to be talking about uh, that run from Zuma uh, to kick off the second half because it's all about goals and red cards in the second half uh, where the majority of the excitement went. So uh, we're going to take a really quick break. When we get back, uh, again, that is, that's what we're running down. A lot to do. Thank you to the sponsor for financially supporting the podcast. We'll be right back. All right, the second half. I missed this at first glance, Dan. I, I, I caught the replay and I'm like, what? wait. Who skied that shot? Oh my, Zuma. Why is Zuma in the opposition box by himself? I was going, was this a clearance? Was this, uh, what's going on here? Walk us through the majestic dance that Kurt Happy Zuma did. You mean Zumessi? Because Zumessi yeah. <laughs> found a way to complete 100% of his take ons, uh, four of them in this match. A center back had this five one run. successful take ons in a match. What well, the hell? I think, th- I think the way to set the stage appropriately is that we were looking down the barrel heading into the second half of this match. You know, so Reese James is coming on and one substitution. We're kind of wondering our, is Frank going to make one? What's the resiliency of the team going to be in this moment? You know, we've been punched in the mouth a couple of times this season. How are we going to respond getting off the mat? We, we maybe have some bad feelings about how we did that from time to time last season. And all it took, I think, was Zuma deciding he was going to go 70 yards from kind of where our box was to the front and sky a shot to, I think, show us all that there was going to be a, a, a fucking spark to what we were going to see in this second half, Nick. And I look, I love, I love the run. I love the stepovers. I hate the accuracy on the shot, but I wasn't expecting There's it to no be on accuracy. point. <laughs> well, th- but, this but is why. Great. Th- this is why you missed you missed a trick, Dan. What you really should have said is Zuvacic, our mm. our Croatian Jeez. French midfielder, uh, because the shot accuracy was about the same, um, and that's unfortunate. Uh, but I mean. To be honest with you, in a match full of incredible drama and incredible moments, this is my favorite moment of the match. Because to me, and I think to everybody listening, I think we all know how we felt at halftime. I think we all know uh, how pissed off we were, how unlucky we felt. And then for a change to be made that directly, knowing that under our previous four or five managers that that wouldn't have happened, um, to be, you know, that direct. And then the first 
fucking thing that happens after halftime is that run. Uh, I think I think the whole team's lifted, um, and and it really set the stage, Brandon, for um, for what was to come, which you know, of course, was incredible drama. But I think I just applaud Kurt Zuma for putting the team on his back there for a second and doing something unusual to get the fans incredibly fired up. And I think it added to the atmosphere. Yeah, you know, just to, just to jump in, it's what Louise would do occasionally where he would just find a moment to say, like, we need to push forward. We need to condense the space. We need to get back into attack and we need to get the pressure off of the defense. We need to get the pressure off of our back line and actually just force an attack. And, you know, where Louise, you know, maybe felt like he would score. You know, I wasn't expecting Kurt to score, but I appreciated seeing that that commitment, that energy, that drive from him. Uh, some real kind of leadership caliber stuff from Kurt Zuma over the past two matches, Brandon. Yeah, we were, we've been praising Zuma uh, for stepping up big time. Did did it more today. Um, but as we, you know, continue to, to talk about the the half, you know, we can fast forward and get Lampard's reaction. Uh, so from the Chelsea FC website, they asked, so is Lampard happy with the outcome? And his quote was that, I'm relieved from the position of halftime, he said. I told the players at halftime, I thought we could draw the game 3-3 or win at 4-3, or it might be 4-4, end quote. Now, what kind of prophetic nonsense is that? That Frank's like, yeah, you know, maybe 3-3, 4-4. Hindsight's 20-20, Frank. We know better. But I, I do think that he probably, you know, was telling them at halftime, like, hey, we're in this. We have every chance in the world. Um, you know, let's keep pushing. Obviously, he corrected one mistake, and that was Alonzo. And, and you know, where we're at, you know, going into this is that Chelsea have a ton of fight, Nick. Um, at OptaJoe3 tweeted, number three, Chelsea are the third English side in the Champions League, in Champions League history, to come from three goals behind to get a result. And the first since Liverpool did it in May of 2005, uh, when they were down against Ace Milan in the final. Remarkable. Um, the, these kids, this team, they just, they never say never. I, I I texted the group at four and said, match, done, it's over. To which you guys agreed. But why wouldn't you? Then you get Aspie's goal, 4-2. I'm still, I'm not that thrilled or really hopeful but the team had way more spirit and hope and belief in themselves than I gave them. What, what's wild about this, um, and also you were not the only one, uh, our friend Nazar Kinsella also <laughs> tweeted that and um, nice. is, is now is now living that down, um, and which which I'm just smiling about. Um, I'm going to text him right now. Yeah, give him, shoot him a little, <laughs> what, a, a little WhatsApp. Um, no, what, what I think was, what I think is crazy about this half of football, you know, sends the refereeing decisions. I'm sure we're going to bring up here in a second is just how bananas Chelsea were in attacking Ajax's goal. I mean, the stats prove it out overall, right? 23 shots to their eight, nine shots on target to their five, 54% possession, all that kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is that this was a scrappy game, Dan. There was a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of, cynical fouling there was a lot of bullshit um and the fact that Chelsea had so many chances in the second half speaks to the spirit and the togetherness that that they came out of the locker room with when they could have felt sorry for themselves or felt unlucky yeah 
I think here's here's the reality. The play, best player on the pitch was Ajax's goalkeeper because the amount of shots that we were putting through and he was able to lay a hand on, lay a finger on, it was the Brandon Busby effect all over again. Thanks, it's Brandon. These, mm-hmm. They become Buffons, they become Neuers, whichever is your favorite peak goalkeeper. That's what they become against us when Brandon Busby is involved talking about them. And uh, Onana was just another. He, he was really up to the challenge, and we were firing everything at him from Mishi putting it on him, Tammy putting it on him, Aspie putting it on him and getting it through. I, I sh- You can't ask for better efforts on target, and unfortunately sometimes the opposition is just going to put up the, the right type of results to can, uh, to match you. Can you ask for better efforts on, on target? Because I think you can. I actually... As much credit as I want to give this team for yeah. coming back and doing an incredible job, Brandon. I think, you know, obviously they Jorginho gets another penalty, Reese James follows it up, but they were incredibly wasteful. Tammy and Mishi specifically were wasteful in front of goal today. And, you know, outside of a little controversy where we could have had the winner with with Dave's final effort. I mean, this this should have been a, a you know, if you really are looking at it. It should have been a win, and I think that's where Frank can feel incredibly frustrated and aggrieved and even more unlucky almost, but you got to have better finishing. It, it will bite you every time. Oh, but but what about the fact that maybe the first Aspie goal could have been offside? We also gave him two on goals. Like I, I don't know. I, I think in the context of everything, this probably was a draw. Like, and, and you know the fact that we spotted them two— we also got a really soft pen in the beginning. In the beginning, Aspie's first goal probably shouldn't have been ca- like counted. Like there, there was enough just absolute and madness was the theme, right? Absolute friggin' madness. Like this could have gone any particular way. I think we should feel like we probably feel as supporters like rewarded at the end from the fight and the energy. But I generally think a draw probably equals the like makes the playing ground fair because ultimately like this was just there, there, there aren't champions league nights like this too often, Brandon. Like this is just was crazy. Who cares about four when the referee gives you two second yellow cards and a penalty in a matter of one run of play, you take it and run with it. And you say, sorry, Ajax sucks to suck. Here come the three points. And we, it's so close. And like, I get the perspective that we are down for one, but then the game played out and we were 4-4, technically 5-4, and pushing for the goal. And it just, the, the winning, the official winning goal, and it didn't come. I mean, I lost my mind because, again, I was at work. I wasn't really paying attention. I saw Daly Blinn get sent off. And then all of a sudden he walked back to the other center back. And um, let's see, what is his name? Veltman. And people aren't sure if he got his yellow for the handball or for descent. It doesn't matter. All right. Uh, he picked up his second yellow card. So in a span of essentially 30 seconds, both of their center backs are gone. Uh, and credit to our attack in the first half for going after them and making them make stupid challenges so that they were on yellow cards. Uh, we kind of created that situation. But holy shit. And then you get the penalty. Jorginho scored. By the way, I hate when the same penalty taker goes twice in one match. It is an absolute like mental struggle and just like 
a mind F to, to have to do that, but he did it and he did it with grace because he's a champ. Um, but <laughs> what chaos, but what an opportunity. And, and thankfully, at least three minutes later, Reese James got the equalizer. But I mean, at that point, the, the, the stands are just losing their mind. Everything's going Chelsea's way. Um, man, three points were right there. Well, and, and and by the way, not to not to lag on the officiating point, but he he just had a rough night. Okay, uh, I won't. Yeah, uh, uh, he has a name. It is Gina uh, Luca Roshi, and Rock-chi. he is on every everybody's Christmas card list. Yeah, for giving gifts. Um, <laughs> I, I would say, <laughs> I would say that, that look, he, he just had a he had a tough one to officiate tonight. He wasn't he wasn't very good, um, if if we're honest. Even though some of those things went in our favor, um, but I will say on the double red card, while that is the first time I've ever seen that, I'm sure it's not the first time it's ever happened before. It was the right call. He played advantage. Daily Brim was already on a yellow, so that's one yellow, and then the handball is the second yellow and whether or not you think that is a yellow or not, that's what he gave. Um, so he's basically saying in that moment, Brandon, that it is an intentional stoppage of play. Sometimes those are rewarded straight reds. Sometimes they're given, you know, as a yellow, just depending on how egregious it is. If it's like the Suarez from the world cup where he sticks his hand up volleyball style, that's a straight red. This was a little bit more innocuous, but like, that's the right, you know, both of those are the right call. So I, while he struggled in other areas with some offsides and some, you know, other, you know, handball situations, this was right. And yes, it flipped the game and yes, it's unfortunate for Ajax, but it, you know, Daily Blinn was reckless all game, mm-hmm. all yeah. game. Yeah, he, he, he absolutely was. He was not himself. Uh, you know, he's supposed to be this symbol of uh, age and leadership in the team. And he was, he was rash at best. Uh, but speaking of calls, I'll tell you what call I thought was poor, and I haven't gone back and watched the replays really. The Tammy Abraham handball, I just, I'm so confused by that, that that's, that's brought back. I mean, Tammy's facing the sideline. His hand is on his hip. He doesn't even know, he's not even looking, doesn't even know it hit him. I mean, the ball did not play the hand, but I suppose if the new laws, if it touches it at all, it's just, black and white i it's just so frustrating i don't get it um this is just more var stuff at least you can say the referee went to the sideline dan and looked at the monitor i feel better in that where he gets a chance to look at it again because um there's a really good conversation i think it was the bbc five live podcast where they're saying the problem is uh, we'll just try to clip it Long story short is one referee will referee a match mm-hmm. and then th- they will get varred. Now they're the var. They var some other referee. And now it's just this like chain reaction of referees varring each other. But it's a different person with a different look at the match calling it for the referee who's in the game and has a different feel for it. And I think that's where the Premier League var breaks down like I said, yeah. at, at least in Europe, 
the the same referee is looking at the incident and making a decision. So at least there's some consistency. And it, it operates in a, a quicker fashion. You know, I mean, we could talk about how much time accumulation should or shouldn't have occurred leading into the stoppage time of four minutes, which was very stingy considering two red cards, multiple goals, five goals, two red cards. I mean, what are you complaining yeah. about? Um, and, and to be fair, I think Nick, the last time two red cards in a row, at least in a Chelsea match would be the, uh, Chelsea three city one, Aguero Fernandinho send off for the scuffle at the very, very end the, of the match. That was not in the run of play. That was for fighting <laughs> on the sideline. Uh, um, but it was fun. It was still fun. Um, I, I think the problem is probably more so the handball rule than it is like the VAR issue. Like, I don't know. It's just. It's bonkers. It's unfortunate. I definitely celebrated when it was happening, and then I had to be brought back down to earth and reality and felt like this side had blood in the water, right? They knew that there was an opportunity to go in and win this game still. And and to their credit, even with two men down, Ajax thought it was in their hands potentially to win this as well because they were going forward. They were making some last-minute attempts to, to try to push it forward and go after it too. So, I mean, I think... To your point earlier, Nick, you know, credit to Ajax for even giving up so many going down two. They didn't think they were out of it either, and it just made for you know one of the more spectacular nights of football that we've had a chance to see. Oh, okay. Deep breath. Should we, should we talk keep, about Reese James, though? We, I'd say we deep breath. We, we got to keep going, yeah. I, we got to move off controversy for a little bit because I just I can't do it. So less controversy, Dan. A 19-year-old, 332-day old man steps up to become Chelsea's youngest ever goal scorer in the Champions League history. The fight back was on. He is a man tank. I mean, this guy hip checks kids for fun. Yeah, you you, you know, the, the legend of Reese James is being crafted maybe to an extent beyond where he is today. However, he is at least starting to pen that novel appropriately with a very early Champions League goal in his Chelsea career. So he just, he was exceptional. He was the infusion of energy and excitement on that right-hand side that we needed. And Asby heading back to left back, no surprise, in a position that he has been very successful in before, didn't have any issues, uh, you know, slotting back in there. And once that happened, we just looked so much more comfortable on the ball. We looked comfortable moving it forward. We were moving it with pace. Uh, gave Jorginho a really nice outlet as well. Uh, just overall, he he re-stamped himself into this game effectively, Nick, and does not shy away from these type of moments, doesn't look out of place. Maybe, maybe one or two, you know, kind of being passed, but has the physical capabilities to catch back up on his mistakes. So I think the reading of the game might be the the last bit of focus for him to to get in here. But beyond that, he is looking every bit the part of a modern fullback and a, a true potential first teamer here for Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I am I am not anti Reese James. Uh and I I think people at the beginning of the season were were trying to pin me into, oh, you're you know how dare you not want Reese to start the first game of the year? No, I, at the end of the day, what's really interesting about this game is if you look at our goal scorers, Reese James being one of them, um, Jorginho getting two of them, you know, man who can't score, even though there are penalties, 
Um, and then Aspi getting one and maybe, you know, should have had two, right? Those were our goal scorers today. Um, unlikely heroes stepping up all over the pitch. And I think what what's really amazing about this team, and I think what's amazing about Frank Lampard is that at halftime, I think we can all imagine this scenario where he looked at Reese and said that you're going to, you know, you Reese James are going to change this game. And of course, you know, on the wings of all that confidence, he goes out and puts in an absolutely fantastic second half. He was fantastic. I think the only part of the game of his game today that let me down a little bit was the infamous Reese James cross didn't really bear any fruit. But otherwise, I mean, I think he was just fantastic. And yes, he's big and strong. Yes, he's fast. But he also plays with finesse. And I think these are these are all qualities that at some point this season, you know, he's going to be a regular starter in this team. It will be interesting now to understand, does, does Dave get a rest? Does Dave become the permanent left back? Does Emerson become the permanent left back? Does Mark Salonzo fight back? In in the name of developing depth, Brandon, this is a huge, it's a huge moment for him. I'm proud of him. I'm really excited for him. His stats are insane. Um, just you know, really pumped about him to see where he can go. The the easy synopsis is the sky's the limit for this guy. He is, I, like they keep calling him a teenager in commentary, and I'm just like, wait, what? That that doesn't process for me, <laughs> like. Only by number is he a teenager. Everything else about him <laughs> is not at all. Only the fact that he doesn't have much facial hair gives it away. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, his little that, baby face. That could be he it. And, he and Tammy are trying to compete for best beer. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> Tammy's sadly winning that sad, sad <laughs> fight. Uh, Dan, do you want to comment on the fact that Jorginho... Uh, is the least respectable type of goal scored to you? Oh, because he scores penalties only? Oh, <laughs> five of his six goals for Chelsea in all competitions have been scored via the penalty spot. Expert, says at Opta Joe. I know you mentioned that you didn't love the idea of having the same penalty taker go for a second time. I, sure I love don't. it. I think it's like it's doubling down on a really good hand and being like, yeah, you can stop me the first time. Like, you think you're going to stop me a second time? I think the mind game element of that is exceptional. And to think about the fact that he took that second penalty right after the whole craziness has unfolded, right? So there needs to be a little restoring of order. Everybody needs to settle back down a little bit. And like his his leadership across the pitch from the penalties today, from the, the chin up to Abraham, um, you know, just he, he is... Um, he has definitely converted a lot of people into questioning why he was purchased uh, or, you know, if he was just going to be like a luxury player signing to being a player who I think the loudest chance I heard today for a player, Nick, through the, the, the telecast or the stream were the Jorginho chants in the match. He was getting absolutely just serenaded by the supporters. Didn't he call this Nick? That he was going to work so the fans would chant his name? I I believe that this was also a little self-fulfilling prophecy that he's had. Um, I, you know, I love these stories. You know, Frank predicts a 4-4 draw. Jorginho predicts the fans will be singing his name. 
it's all fantastic. I, I will say the chin up moment that he had to Tammy earlier today. I believe it was the Tammy. Am I right there? Uh, yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. The chin up moment that he had earlier. That's leadership, man. That's what it is. I mean, it, it's looking at, you know, potentially a bleak situation and saying, you know, to a, you know, a younger guy, like, you got this, you know, you're probably going to go score on the other end. Let's go. Like, that's what a, that's what a leader does in, in tough moments. They, they turn everybody, uh, you know, focused as a laser into one place. And I'm, I'm really, I'm so happy for him. Um, you know, and, and just proud of the way he plays football right now. I mean, he is, he has to just be dog tired. I mean, he has been playing every minute of every match and he's been up and down the, the park and, you know, he's, he's getting into some physical altercations, Dan, uh, and, and getting out of them. And he's linked up so well with Kovacic. He's, you know, bringing everybody together. I, I just really love it um, and, and think that the combination of him and Aspie from a leadership standpoint today was, was dynamic and it was really good. Yeah, Frank called it out too. He talked about how you need these type of characters or personalities in the match. And he called out Jorginho, Kovacic, William Aspie. Just as, as those were the players who really pushed tonight. And sometimes they... You know, as they maybe get a little bit older, right? You know, Asby's so old, you know, maybe a little slower, maybe not as fast, but the intangibles that they can bring are hard to justify or hard to see at times. And this was a a moment where everyone had the X-ray vision to see inside to the characteristics that we don't sometimes get a chance to see on the training ground, shoulder to shoulder being able to carry one another, it was very much evident and everyone could see it in this moment. And it, it was great. It, like It's a type of game where I don't feel bad at the end of it that we had a draw against a really, really tough opponent. I feel great that this was another character-building moment for a young side on a European night, which is always going to test you in a different way than against some of the Premier League's best. And we showed up, we learned some lessons, we overcame some adversity, and that just continues to set this side up for the domino success that clearly is going to come after this. All right, so as it stands in the group, because we didn't do a man of the match poll, and that's okay, we had work. That's on me, that's on me, that's on me. Keep your job, that's that's important, otherwise you can't do this anymore. Keep your job. So in group H... As they H. like to say abroad, uh, Ajax are in first on seven points. Chelsea tied on seven. Valencia tied on seven. And Lille, they gone. They got one point. Uh, so a goal difference. Right now, we're only at one. Ajax is plus five. Valencia is one. So, Dan, do you want to go through the first tiebreaker on head-to-head points? Yeah, so it's uh, matches played against one another. So when you think about it, the only two teams level on points, but this time there are three. So head-to-head matches are matches involving those three teams. So Chelsea have four points, Ajax have four points, and Valencia has three points. So they automatically move down to third position because we are level. And then, uh, Nick, then it goes down to head-to-head goal difference, right? It does. Um, and, and I think the important, the important point here is that I think when we were kind of predicting the group 
Um, Valencia wasn't as much of a consideration, admittedly. Uh, but they're they're actually playing really good football right now. They've obviously beat Chelsea at Stanford Bridge. Uh, they've gone and completely dismantled uh, Lille in the second half today, um, and they're gonna be they're gonna be tough um, in the, in the next match. I, you know, I think Chelsea were see, you know Chelsea were seen as kind of the class of the group, or Ajax were seen as the class of the group, depending on who you talk to. Valencia and Lille were kind of lower. Chelsea have now made it through three of their four toughest matches. Whereas, you know, I think you look at Valencia having to play Ajax, I think last match of the, of the group, Brandon, and it gets, it's going to get really interesting with the math now because Ajax completely smashed their, you know, the, um, their first two opponents in Lille and Valencia and built up this crazy goal difference. And then we're on their path to doing it again today. And then we kind of beat them back a little bit. But, you know, this was this was a big one to get that point puts us in a decent position if we can handle our business um, away at the uh, Mastalia, I believe, and then uh, at home versus Lille. Look, at the end of the day, you want to be in control of your destiny, and that's where we are. As you said, we play Valencia and Lille for the last two matches. We've played, on paper, our two hardest matches against Ajax, We've came out with four points. I think going into this, that is a really good return. But we we slipped up against Valencia, and now we have to right that wrong in the return leg. And as long as we do that, we're essentially through, unless we have a crazy goal difference. But head-to-head, that should put us through, I believe. So, um, again, this is where we want to be. But uh, we're going to go ahead. Let's wrap this one. Dan, Nick, anything else you guys want to touch on before we run it out? Uh, Dan, we can throw it to you first. Champagne Supercova in the sky. He oh was bright my. again today. So, yeah, good good job by Kovacic. He was looking a little leggy. Glad he got a chance to rest in the second half for a little bit. But, yeah, good job, Kova. Uh, shouts to Dave. I know, I know we talked a little bit about Dave. I know that, you know, he's now our de facto left back. The narrative changes every week. Um, I saw some real passion, some real leadership, some, you know, combined leadership between him and Jorginho. And then I think just watching the way he played today, he was up in the box trying his best Marcus Alonso impression on the offensive side of the ball. Um, just really, really happy for him after he kind of gave up that second goal um, and and had kind of a rough first half. So glad to see you got back into it. Almost had the winner um, onward and upward for Dave. I like that. That's a good one. It's not nearly as witty as Dan, but it is heartfelt and emotional. And that's great, Nick. You wear your heart on your sleeve. Yeah, it's right here on this here sleeve. Ooh. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea fans, for tuning in to another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you guys think uh, via the socials, via email, however you need to get in touch with us. Um, this was an emotional roller coaster, absolutely exhausting. Uh, what what can you say? Let us know. One for the ages, one for the history books. It was electric, um, and so yeah, it, sh- I, my big. I'm so excited with the character and the never say die attitude of this team. So, anyways, tell us what you took away from this. Uh, But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.